0: Good morning or good afternoon welcome to noontime prayer and fasting who's excited to be here today amen uh this morning this is the verse that just keeps coming to me it's in numbers chapter 11 verse 23 and it says in the nlt then the lord said to moses has my arm lost its power has my arm lost its power Sometimes when we're going through things and we're not sure where our answer is going to come from, we're not sure where our provision is going to come from, we're not sure where our healing is going to come from, we need to think, the Lord told Moses, has my arm lost its power? No, God has not lost his power. Our God is an all-powerful God and he has everything and has given us everything we have need of everything. So today is going to be good. I'm really excited about Sharon uh, today. And Deb, would you mind opening us in prayer? Oh, sure. Thanks, ma'am. Sure, I'm happy to do that, Patty. Thanks, (laughs) ma'am. Everyone just bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time in fellowship. Thank you for those that are able to join us online. Thank you for those that are here present with us. Father, we just ask that Patty's words be your words, that her utterance come from your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for her obedience in submitting, in teaching during this noontime prayer this week. Father, we thank you for the blessing of who she is. Father, we also ask blessings over Pastor Brian as he is traveling. We thank you for him. We thank you for our leadership. We thank you for those in authority over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I want to welcome everybody who's watching online as well. Thanks for uh, signing in and watching, praying that you receive something today and that, that God speaks right to where you are as we remember that he has not lost his power. So today is day 11, day 11, amen. We are going to be talking about whose report will you believe, whose report. So yesterday we talked about hunger. We talked about spiritual hunger versus physical hunger. Uh, Which hunger are we going to listen to? Spiritual. Spiritual. Spiritual hunger. That's the one that needs to win out. It is better to be spiritually well fed than it is to be physically well fed. We learned about Naomi. We learned that when we have a problem, we don't look to God as the problem. We look to Him as the solution and that we trust Him to help us with those spiritual things that when we're hungry for them, that we become full, just like Naomi Naomi was full before she went to Moab. She said by her own words, she was full before she left. That's that fullness that we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about it a little bit differently Uh, today we're going to talk about it in terms of blessings and promises so we're going to see how to walk in the fullness of the blessings of the Lord and how not to mess it up because there's a lot of examples about how we can get in the way and we can mess up the promises and the things that God wants to give to us how many of you know God wants good things for us amen amen sometimes that's the the first problem is we believe He doesn't want good for us, and it's not the truth. What he has for us is good and perfect, and it's above anything we could ask or imagine. So that's our base of of how we need to view God. God is holy, God loves us, and he has good things for us. So let's start today with when the Lord tells Moses to send one leader from each of the tribes to go spy out the land. That's found in Numbers chapter 13. We're going to start with verses 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation. Verse 1, the Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. What did the Lord say? He said... Go spy out the land that I am giving. I am giving. Was it I'm, I might give to you? If the people are really weak and small and, you know, they're living in tents and not these fortified cities, then I might give it to you? No, he said, I'm giving it to you. It's yours. What should they have believed at that point? That it, was theirs. it was theirs. God spoke. When he speaks to us, we can stand upon that word. We can stand upon that promise. So let's continue in verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. Uh, They returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. And if you look in verse 23, it tells us about that fruit. It says that they had two men who had to carry one cluster of grapes because that's how bountiful the fruit in the crops of that land was. Who wants to live in that kind of land? I do. Amen. That's what God has for us if we just believe Him. So, the spies reported back. Then we go back and, uh, let's go to verse 28. Now, this is only some of the men speaking. This is not all of them. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Now, Anak really was a a race of giants. They were huge people. They were big. Um, they dwelled in the southern part of Canaan in the city of um, Hebron. So in verse 29 it says, uh, The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. That's a lot of ites, right? A lot of them, and they're afraid of these people. So there's powerful people, there's giants, uh, they have large fortified towns and cities. Now, let us also list you the, the many people who live in this land who we're scared of. That's what they're saying. I'm, we're afraid of these people. But in verse 30, Caleb tried to quiet the people. It's important to have people like Caleb in your life, and you should be a person like Caleb. We're a believer, and we need to be like this. Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Did he go, let's go next year? Let's go get really strong and and physically buff, and then let's pray about it for five years, and then let's consider conquering it? No, he believed the word of the Lord that said, I'm giving you the land. And he said, let's go at once and conquer it. Let's go. I want to be like Caleb. That verse makes me want to jump up and shout, let's go conquer the land. Let's go conquer it that's that's the kind of people we are called to be we don't really have a choice about it if we're a believer we're called to be a conqueror the word says we are more than conquerors that's who we are in verse 31 but the other men Uh-oh. that line just popped out at me the other men these men don't get named again they are called from here on out the other men <laughs> caleb and joshua they're named they, their name for standing upon the truth, for for believing the word of the Lord. But these other men, who the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. A bad report. Did you catch that? The other men gave a bad report. Caleb came back saying, let's go now. We're going to conquer it. But these other men, they were consumed with fear. They, because of their fear, they came up with a bad report. Then they spread it among all of the people. All of the people. So if I say, Psh, say it's Sunday morning, God's not going to do anything today. You know, he didn't come through for me with that problem that I had yesterday, so I'm not in expectation for anything. Oh, am I going to affect you if I say that? I'm going to. That's the power of what we speak. That's the power of our report that we're giving. So what should our report be every day? I'm an expectation. I'm more than a conqueror. What God said I have, I have. Not I'm gonna, I have it now. So these other men encouraged the Israelites to neglect the word of God. Mm. They fully well knew what the word said, that God was going to give them the land, but they did not listen to it. So this this is the power of what we speak. It doesn't just affect me, it also affects who. Everybody around me, that's the power of the report that I give. They said this land will devour anyone who goes there. The people were huge. We felt like grasshoppers, and they, they thought we looked like grasshoppers too. Do you think that's a little bit of exaggeration? Because they were, they were big people. I think they estimate them around 8 feet. 8 or 9. So that's, that's big. David, come up here a second. Okay, so it's like that. David's six, four-ish. So, but to look like a grasshopper, right, would be itty, 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 bitty compared to, so that's exaggeration, right? Is that the truth? No, they're not even using character right now. They're trying to sway the people to believe their fear, to believe we can't take this land. So because I'm afraid, I need you to be in agreement with me because I don't want to go fight those people. I'm afraid. That was their bad report. This is why it's so important to know the word of God. When we know that we know that we know the word of God, nothing can sway us. We won't be deceived. Uh, it makes me think back right now to when, when we knew the Lord had spoken to David and I to get married. He gave us a word. Now, was it in the Bible? No, it wasn't in the Bible. But how many know we hear from the voice of God if we choose to? right? It's a two-way communication. We talk to him and he talks to us. Well, he talked to us and we knew that we knew, even though people were against it, even though we were young, even though all of these even those, that God spoke. Guess what? When we've had any difficulty or disagreement, I don't ever question leaving that man ever because I have the word of God to stand upon. When I have that word, no matter what comes, no matter the difficulty, no matter any fear, whatever, circumstances are not going to get me to move off the word of God. So that's what we need to do with all of our decisions, all of our choices is stand upon the truth. So we see the response, the people's response in Numbers 14, verse one. It says, then the whole, this is after the other men gave the bad report then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night from from 10 people giving a bad report they're weeping and crying all night they are upset did they need to do that they didn't need to do that they chose to do that Verse 2, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Look, now they've turned against their leader. Verse 3, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? All of this from a bad report. Do you think they're even remembering what the word of the Lord said, that he would give them the land? Nope, it's not even in their, it's not even in their mind. It's not in their thoughts. Uh, they're all consumed by the, the fear. But these are the people that had the cloud by day. They had the fire at night. They ate manna. They crossed the sea on wet land? Dry Dry ground. Dry ground. These are the people that saw the power of God, His His mer- Her His miraculous provision. They saw it. They experienced it. And they're not standing on the word that God said He would give them the land. So, when instead of believing their all-powerful living God, they're believing the other men in their bad report. In verse four, it says, "Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt." Now they're at mutiny. This is me (laughs) and me. When you are submitted to leadership and authority, you do not do this. You do not. I don't care what the circumstances look like. Do we walk by sight? No, we walk by faith. What do you think the leader needed at that point? Encouragement, prayer, people lifting them up in agreement, standing with them, not mutiny, not, let's give up and go back to where we came from. Let's go back to slavery. No, that's not what we're called to do. So, verse five. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground. That's a good leader. They they went where they should, face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They're mad. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey." Here's Joshua and Caleb again, trying to sway the people of Israel to listen to their good report, to listen to the truth of what God spoke and the beauty of the land that God wanted to give them. In verse 9, it says, this is Joshua and Caleb still speaking, and this is what they say, do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. What a difference, right? Right? The other men said, we are like grasshoppers to them. Grasshoppers. But Joshua and Caleb, they said, they are only helpless prey to us. That's faith. They knew where to stand. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole community began talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. Joshua and Caleb stood up for the truth amen uh and they're about to pay for it people who are so committed to wanting to believe a bad report he sometimes they want to do ugly things when somebody stands up for what's right but watch what the lord did it says then the lord uh his glorious presence of the lord appeared how many know that the lord is always on time he's always on time always in verse 11 the lord said to moses how long will these people treat me with contempt will they never believe me even after all the miraculous signs i have done among them i will disown them and destroy them with a the plague then i will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are Woo! god was ready to wipe them out he said they're treating me with contempt I looked up to contempt, and it said despise or blaspheme or provoke. They're despising God. They're blaspheming him. They're provoking him. He's getting mad, right? He's ready to wipe them out. So the Israelites were not honoring God. They were choosing to provoke him. And remember, back in verse 9, Joshua and Caleb were saying, they gave the warning, do not rebel. Do not rebel. They're trying to get them to believe the truth. (sighs) Rebellion. What is rebellion? What does the Bible say about it? Rebellion is? Witchcraft. It's as sinful as witchcraft. Are you going to go partake of witchcraft right now? No. I don't believe anybody in this room would. Now, would you ever rebel? possibly that's honest answer but the word tells us rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft so if I rebel against authority what does the word say about that it's not good it's not good so you know sometimes our, our culture promotes stand up for what's right stand up for what you believe in and We don't too much honor authority in our culture right now. But that's not what the word says we should live like. The word says rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. We should be the most submissive, honorful people that are on the face of the planet. That's who we are called to be. Um, I want to look a little bit at rebellion because rebellion cost King Saul the kingdom because he was rebellious in 1st Samuel chapter 15 this is Samuel speaking to Saul in verse 2 it says this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation men women children babies cattle sheep goats camels and donkeys so did he say destroy part of them No, he said completely destroy. That is what the Lord told Saul to do. In verse 7... Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, everything in fact that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Was that obedience? No. So what was it if it wasn't obedience? Partial obedience, which is disobedience. Disobedience Disobedience is rebellion, which is witchcraft. That's what Saul did. But let's see his response because he didn't even think he did anything wrong. Uh, Verse 14. Oh, wait, no, let's start at verse 13. When Samuel finally found him, talking to Saul, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Really? He thought he was going to get away with it. He really did. Verse 14, Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle, I hear, Samuel demanded. It is true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they're going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Now that's like a Bible joke, the the bleeding of sheep. What's this that I hear? (laughs) Right? Uh, He could hear it. He could see it. but what does Saul do he says well the army spared did the army spare or did the army do what what its king told the army to do so Saul was in disobedience and then he blamed it something we we love to do when we do wrong so uh, (laughs) verse 22 this is Samuel's response Uh, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of the fat of rams. Verse 23, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness is bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul thought, This is good stuff. I'm not going to destroy this. No way. But then, but I'm going to offer it to you, Lord. I'm going to put it on the altar as a sacrifice. Does God want our sacrifice? He wants our obedience. He wants us to listen to what he says and to do it. So, rebellion is really bad, guys. It's really bad. So, remember, back to Joshua and Caleb, what did they warn the people not to do? do not rebel they're trying to save their hides but they're not wanting to listen so in numbers chapter 14 verse 20 it says then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested, but as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I perform both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. Verse 23. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. Provoking the Lord revoked their promise. They provoked the Lord. They had contempt contempt towards him. They didn't listen to his voice, and the promise was taken from them. Whew! Verse 24 but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. Notice that? Than the others. <laughs> he has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Verse 29. This is tough. You will all drop dead in this wilderness. E. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. Verse 31, you said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land and they will enjoy what you have despised. hmm But as for you, you will drop dead in this wilderness, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you lies dead in the wilderness. Verse 36. The ten men, these are the others that Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. How did it go for those other men? They died. Not so good. Not so good. They ended up dead. <laughs> I think the plague pretty bad. Mm. So, what should we consider? Should we consider what report we're going to give? Yes. Yeah, we should take seriously the words that come out of our mouth. Should we consider what report we're going to believe when we hear other people speaking? Yeah, we need to consider what they're saying, not just, oh, well, you know, Dina said this, so I'm going with it. No, I need to test what anybody tells me to what the word says. I need to, to stand upon the word, not upon what, what others are telling me, not on their report. Stand upon the word of the Lord. This, this whole part reminded me of that, that song. It's, I think it's from the nineties. Whose report will you believe? Uh, we shall believe the report of the Lord, right? Yeah, that was a good song. Uh, so what report are we gonna believe? which one? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord, what he says. What does he say for my situation? That's what I'm going to believe. So the Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness, right? They paid a price for provoking God and rebelling against his word, all from a bad report, all from not standing upon the truth. Now we're, we're at the 40 years later, okay? They're about to enter the promised land, the ones the ones who get to. And God has given them specific instructions so that they will remember to put him first in everything and so that they would remember all he had done for them, all the miracles, all the signs and wonders. You know, that's important for us too, especially if we're going through something, even if we're not. We should constantly be reminded of all the things God has done for us. All the times he's come through, all the times he's provided, all the times he's brought healing, he's brought strength, he's brought refreshment, right? We need to remember that. Uh, so let's see what... This is the Lord speaking to them again before they're about to finally enter the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1-9, through 9, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled there... Put some of the first produce from each crop that you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. So they're giving some of their first fruits. God's saying, make sure you're giving me. Give me your first fruits. Okay, then tr- uh, verse 3. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, With this gift I acknowledge to the Lord your God that I have entered the land he swore to our ancestors he would give us. Now he's telling them, remember the promise and that I came through for you on that promise. So they're given the first fruits. They're remembering the promise. Verse four. The priest will then take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, my ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramian who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived few in number, but in Egypt they became a large and mighty nation. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship, toil, and oppression. So they're remembering everything that they went through and how the Lord came through for them. Verse 8. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm, with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey that was the lord's instructions to them before entering the promised land he wanted to make sure that they were their hearts were right they were remembering everything he had done for them and that when they had the land that it was because of him let's jump to verse 16 today the lord your god has commanded you to obey all these decrees and regulations so be careful to obey them partially no wholeheartedly just like how partial obedience is really disobedience, we need to we need to believe, we need to obey wholeheartedly with everything. Verse 17. You have declared today that the Lord is your God and you have promised to walk in His ways and to obey His decrees, commands, and regulations and to do everything He tells you. So they've made a promise to him. It's not just God having a promise for us, they made a promise to him to obey. That's covenant. Uh, Verse 18, the Lord has declared to you that you are his people, his own special treasure. Say, I'm his special treasure. I'm his special treasure. That's what his word says. You are his special treasure, just as he promised, and that you must obey all his commands. And if you do, he will set you high above all the other nations he has made. Then you will receive praise, honor, and renown. You will be a nation that is holy to the Lord, just as he promised. You would have thought that would have been enough, right? He gave them a lot of instructions there to bring the first fruits of every crop, uh, to bring them to the altar for worship, uh, to remember all of the things that he, he brought them from Egypt and oppression, to remember that the word said the land was theirs. It's a lot of instructions he gave them for getting to finally enter the promised land, but he wasn't done. Before they finally got to enter, Moses gave this command to the Israelites. And I want you to try to, to visualize this as I read it. In Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 12, it says, When you cross the Jordan River, the tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin must stand on Mount Gerizim to proclaim a blessing over the people. So we have one mountain over here with people proclaiming a blessing. Okay. Then the next verse. And the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali must stand on Mount Ebal to proclaim a curse. So we have people proclaiming a blessing on one mountain and people proclaiming a curse on the other mountain. This is a big production, right? Then, verse 14, the Levites will shout to all the people of Israel. Israel. So we have some, some people blessing, some people cursing. Now all the Levites shouting to the people. And this is what they do. Uh, this is what the Levites are saying. Verse 15. Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, are detestable to the Lord. And all the people will reply, Amen. 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 Right? Blessing, cursing, Levites shouting, and the people responding, Amen. And it goes over and over like, they have a number of these that they're saying, and the people are like, oh, yep, that's, yeah, we did that. They're all things that they did. So God's reminding them, you messed up in all these ways, right? Which are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the blessing, or are you going to come over here and you're going to choose the curses? Because you're about to have the land that I'm I'm finally going to give you. What are we going to choose? But it's our choice so hmm, there's a lot of bad things in these curses like stealing and sexual sin um, treating foreigners and orphans and widows wrongly a lot of bad stuff right Right. so So whenever we have a rule that means that somebody somewhere done did that right (laughs) that's why we have a rule so these things were all done but why do you think god wanted them mentioned I think he wanted them mentioned because of his love for them. He didn't want them cut off from him again. He's reminding them, don't do those things. I love you. I'm giving you the land. I love you. Don't do those things. Stay in a relationship with me. God wanted his chosen people to do well. He didn't want them to enter into rebellion again. He didn't want them to be cursed. He loved them and he wanted them to be blessed. The the whole book of Deuteronomy is a reinstatement um, of God giving uh, the new generation that had come up in the wilderness, he's re-giving them the law. That's what the book of Deuteronomy is. Uh, this new generation, they're about to enter into the promised land, and for them to have the blessing God wanted them to have, they needed to abide by the law. So that's what the book of Deuteronomy is. The first 14 verses of the book of Deuteronomy give us some awesome blessings that God has promised to us. But then after that, the last 54 verses describe the curses that would fall upon them if they forsook the Lord. There's a lot more curses than there are blessings because I think we have a lot more tendency to want to go towards the, oh, I messed up again. But God just wants us to be like, no, I want to bless you but it's our choice how we're going to live. So the blessings, what did they include? The blessings included uh, preeminence among the nations, material prosperity, fruitfulness, fertility, abundance of crops, victory in battle, and success in international trade. The curses included scarcity, barrenness, crop failure, pestilence, disease, Blight, drought, defeat in battle, madness, fright, adversity, calamity, and powerlessness. Do we want those things? No, 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 no. As you can see even right there, you know, pastors have been speaking on healing a lot. Disease is a part of the curse. It's not a part of the blessing. Blessing is healing. The curse is disease and sickness. And that's not what God has for us. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it tells us that to whom much is given, much will be required. Was a lot given to the Israelites? A lot was given. They were God's chosen people, they had special privileges above other nations. Uh, they got to walk with God, they got to see his hand, right? Often, all the time. So because they had such a special relationship with God, they had a higher level of accountability. So because of that accountability, their punishment would be more severe for being disobedient. That's what that verse in Luke means. To whom much is given, much is required. We've been given much, therefore much is required of us. However, are we under the old law? We're not. We're under the new covenant. So the new covenant's a covenant of grace. We don't have to abide by every one of those laws like the Israelites did. If we look in chapter 10 of Hebrews, verse 16, uh, this is what God says about our new covenant. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their heart, and on their mind I will inscribe them, producing an inward change. He then says in verse 17, And their sins and their lawless acts, I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. This is the amplified version. Verse 18, Now where there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things, there is no longer any offering to be made to atone for sin. God made that offering once and for all. We are cleansed from sin. It's done. I don't have to pay for a mistake I made. If I have repented, God's forgiven me. It says he's forgotten about it. It's over with. This is our new covenant that we're living in. And is it on tablets of stone? No. Where is it? In our it's in our heart and on our mind. That's what the Lord told us. It's here. This is where we live from. God's law is in us. And you know, the penalty's already been paid. Now we just have to walk with him in accordance to his word, his promises. All of the, the blessings are listed in Deuteronomy's chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. Um, I'm not going to touch all of them, but I do want to look at verse 1. It says, Now it shall be, if you diligently listen, diligently. What does that mean to be diligent? Yes. Yep. Um, Yep. 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 That's right. So we're giving him all of our intention. When I looked it up, it says to hear intelligently. So I'm listening to hear intelligently. I really want to know what he's speaking to me. Um, And it has an implication of attention and obedience. So I'm listening to hear intelligently with my full attention and my obedience so God said, "If you diligently listen and obey the voice of the Lord, being careful to do all His commandments which are where in our heart, which I am commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth." And then He goes on, just saying that we're going to have every blessing, everything you can think of. He's He's promised us in His Word. Um, Verse 12, chapter 28, verse 12. The Lord will open for you his good treasure house, the heavens, hmm, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You're the head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath. Say, I'm the head. I'm not the tail, I'm above, above. I I am not beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them carefully, how do we receive these amazing blessings that God has promised us? How? We learned a lot in those stories about how they did and how they didn't. So, yes, number one is obedience. That's most important. We need to be obedient. Partial obedience is disobedience. disobedience. Just like Saul with the battle, that was disobedience. He thought he did great, but he used his own thinking. We, When it comes to what the Lord says, don't do what you think. Do what the Lord says. Uh, the second way, by saying and believing good reports good reports what are you speaking and what are you believing just like caleb and joshua we need to say we can conquer it let's go now now that's how we get the blessings and thirdly by knowing the word of god because when we know the word of god we're not going to listen to the bad reports how do we give up on the promise pretty much the opposite of those three things giving or believing a bad report you're giving up your promise Rebelling against the Lord, mm, sinful as witchcraft, giving up the promise. Then you're going to be like the other men. We don't want to be like the other men. They were struck down. Mm. And thirdly, by provoking the Lord, not believing his word, not taking what he says as truth. When they provoked the Lord, they revoked their promise. Mm. I don't want my promises revoked. I want my promises. By provoking the Lord, they revoked their promise talking about good and bad reports really made me think about um, our situation with me and our girls when we had had lyme's disease and some other junk because when i received or we received the report for me i believe there was a little bit of an acceptance of the report even though We fully believed God would heal me. Had no doubt God was going to heal me. But, you know, if we think about it, did we ever say, oh yeah, they said Patty has Lyme. Even if we didn't say, I, I have Lyme. They said, is that putting my agreement with it? It's putting my agreement with it. So when you accept even a bad report from a doctor saying, I have this, or they said, I have this, you're putting your agreement on a bad report. It's a bad report. I knew God was going to heal me, and he did, and he's good, and he's faithful. But it took more than that to get our faith where it needed to be. And about eight months later, after the diagnosis that they gave me, we got a diagnosis for the girl saying they had it as well. Now, If I had been any bit in my flesh, I would have been crushed. i It was the worst I've been in my life. I was sick. I had no energy. I mainly stayed in bed. I was on upwards of almost 20 medications, ones that you don't even want to be on one of. I was in pain every day. I couldn't walk upstairs by myself. I could hardly walk very far by myself. It was bad. Now I'm getting a report that my 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 babies have this my babies what happens to a mama between her and her babies I'll tell you what we weren't even in Louisiana with our specialist anymore we had already moved here and he told the doctor called me on the phone because the test took 20 days so we went down there for my appointment they got tested just because David I don't know it was anyways they were tested so 20 days later i'm getting the phone call and it's on a sunday i'm like there's only one reason this doctor's calling me on a sunday there's only one reason and i answered the phone and he's like so i have some news for you i'm like okay he's like so the girls test her and i'm like yeah he's like yeah i'm, I'm really sorry to have to tell you over the phone and i'm like it's okay go ahead He's like, well, they're both positive for Lyme and all these other co-infection junk. And I'm like, okay. He's like, are you okay? Is David home with you today? I'm like, yeah, he's right here. I'll tell you what. I think God had already prepared me to know that me putting my agreement with my report wasn't going well for me. Now you're going to try to mess with my babies? I'll tell you what. I hung up that phone, and this is what I started doing. Praise God. Know why? Because I know my God. And even though I might not stand up for what he says for my life, I sure as well am going to stand up for what he says for my babies. You're talking about my babies. So if I can believe that God would never harm them, God would never put sickness on them, God would never allow them to go through what I went through, why shouldn't I believe it for me? Why shouldn't I believe it for you? That is our God. We have to put our agreement with what His Word says. And His Word says, we are healed. We have abundance. We have everything we have need of. Everything. That is the power of a what could be a bad report or a good report. David was a little little, little bit shocked with me, like, why are you excited? I'm like, God has this. I finally knew. It finally clicked. God has this. This is done. I believe that day was the beginning of our healing. That day was us saying, Lord, our faith is in you. This isn't happening any longer. It's done. It's over. That's the power of knowing God's word in your life. That's the power of putting our agreement with a good report. The whole Bible is a good report. This is our guide. This is our foundation. This is the word. This is like, when we read it, it's like God's speaking to us. This is what everything needs to be based on. Everything. So how are we going to obey him? Are we going to obey him with part of ourselves? Just a little bit of my heart? No, I love the word wholeheartedly. We're going to obey him and follow after him wholeheartedly with everything that we have. God's laws are here. They're on our hearts. They're on our minds. As we follow him wholeheartedly, what are we going to have in our life? Blessings provision, the promises, every promise that he's given us. Every single one. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now. I thank you that your word has given us so many promises, Lord. I thank you for everyone listed out in Deuteronomy that you say that we are going to be blessed going in, blessed going out. Lord, that your word says we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath, Lord. I thank you that you have given us all things, all things, Lord. We stand upon your word. Would everybody just stand up together? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you right now. Declare his promises over your life. Declare how faithful he has been. Declare how faithful he is going to be. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are high above. I thank you that you are the lifter. You lift us up, Lord, that we are not below, that we are not discouraged, that we are not depressed. Lord, but we have the joy of the Lord. We live in your strength, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we are not going to ever again, ever again, our agreement with a bad report. Lord, we are going to put our agreement upon what you say and you say that we are whole. You say we are redeemed. You say we have the victory. You say we have all things and right now I just ask for all things. I thank you that you would manifest every good and perfect gift in your believers, Lord. I thank you that we are hungering and we are thirsting after you. I thank you that your hand is upon this church, Lord. I thank you right now for this time of prayer and fasting that people are setting themselves apart that people are getting in line with what your word says, people are getting in alignment with what you have for their life their purpose and their destiny Lord I thank you that you would draw people Lord, begin to stir in people's hearts, draw them to this place Jesus, draw them, I thank you for life's touched. I thank you for families changed forever, I thank you that this community is going to be changed I thank you that this entire region is going to be changed by your name, Lord. It's not by us, but it is by you that lives in us. Lord, I thank you that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I thank you that everything I say and watch and do and hear is going to be things of good report. It's going to be holy things, Lord. Help us to have a hunger to put in the things of God. Help us want to be spiritually well-fed. Let us give up the things of the world and the cares of the world. Let us be renewed and transformed each and every day. I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank atarabasun, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that it is done. Thank you that we are following after you. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. We stand upon your word. None other will we follow. Only you, Jesus. Thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to make an opportunity if you have um, something that you would like to give either here in person we have a basket on the altar if you would like to give online and you're watching online there's a link that you can click we want to make that opportunity available so lord for anybody who has been watching or anyone here We just ask your blessing upon everybody. We thank you for your blessing upon the gifts, the offerings, Lord. I thank you that you would just bless it and multiply it. I thank you for giving seed to the sower. Give more seed, Jesus. I thank you that in you we have an abundance. We will not walk by fear. We will not listen to the bad reports, Lord. But we are going to stand wholeheartedly upon your word, which is truth. And I just thank you for blessing each and every person in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching everybody on live stream. Have an awesome day.